¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? It's your boy, Manny Maldonado. Welcome to Manny to the Max podcast, episode four. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Everybody's having a great weekend, all that good stuff. Uh, I know Easter's coming up, so I hope you guys are getting your Easter shopping out of the way. If you guys have any kids, you guys got any family you're going to go visit, you know, it's time. It's, time, it's that time of the year again. Listen, this, this week's episode is, is special. It's, it's a great friend of mine. I've known him for years. He's one of the funniest people on and off stage. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. The one and the only Mr. DJ Cooch is in the house what today. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm doing your podcast, bro. This is awesome. Right? Uh, like I said, it, this is uh, the beginning stages of my podcast. So uh, feel free to just double oh, and, dutch. And, and double dutch. what we're doing. Explain. We're at my house and we're having cigars. You don't even smoke. I don't even, I don't even smoke. <laughs> Or having cigars. Every time you hang out with me, you get more education. I get a little bit more educated every time I'm hanging out with yeah. uh, with DJ Cooch. Yeah, you're smoking a Cuban, bro. And, and I'm smoking a Cuban, and he let me know that these are fifteen dollars each. So I'm, I'm on my <laughs> seven fifty part of this cigarillo right now. Exactly, bro. Uh, but he's keeping he's keeping tabs. He's very uh, he's very passionate about his uh, Cuban cigars and cigarillos and yeah. all that good stuff. I'm smoking a Romeo and Julieta, a medium man, one of my favorite tins. I have no idea what that means, but for those listeners out there, you guys can look it up anytime. Okay. And we, uh, my boy has a nice little pad out here in uh, in Playa del Rey. Don't be PMing people my address. <laughs> We're not going to give him the address. We're just giving him the city. Uh, he's worked hard for this. Trust me. He's he's not only not only is he a funny comedian. He's he's a very respected DJ. He's he spins. He, he does all kinds of stuff. He's just a hardworking guy, man. How many years now you've been doing it, brother? Dude, I've been DJing since I was 16, bro. And I'm already, what, 44? Yeah? But yeah, it's... Bro, I'm 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 one of the older DJs now. <laughs> you know, it's over, bro. It's over, man. So what would you what would you say is the big difference between uh when you when you DJ a gig between doing a stand-up gig? Like what are the differences on that? You know what, dude? Like honestly, like I've always felt that um it was easy for me to transition into a comedian mm-hmm. because it's the same vibe, literally. You know, like when you start off as a comedian, you you know you start learning about it. You kind of learn the structure of a joke, and, um, and then you go performing at a little place. You know, you, you you're you're hoping somebody gets you a spot for five minutes. You know, let me do five minutes, seven mm-hmm. minutes, and you're learning. You're learning, and it's the same way when you start DJing. Especially when I started, you know, you would go to nightclubs, you would go to like a little lounge and try to have somebody listen to your mix, you know, listen to what you got and right. stuff, you know, and then eventually you build your way up to, to that. So so I think the transition wasn't that bad. I mean, because when you look at it, when you're doing comedy, you're performing in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. And for whatever time you're on stage, you make them forget. Forget whatever the hell's going on in their life, right? Right. When you're a DJ, you're doing the same exact thing. You're playing okay. music and you're, people are drinking and, and dancing and for whatever's going on in their life, they forget. And that's the beauty of it, you know. So I think that's why it was so compatible that it was a great transition. A lot of a lot of comedians are DJs. Russell Peters, you just did the podcast with. Him. I he's just had Russell DJ. on episode two. Russell does everything. I mean, yeah, Russell he's, does. He's an amazing. <laughs> Russell DJ, does everything. I think except construction yeah. right now. I mean, what isn't Russell doing? He's a he's yeah. a renowned DJ. Uh, yeah. Does clubs. I mean, the guy's respected. He a does. lot of a lot of a lot of comedians. Um, I know that are that are good DJs. Mm-hmm. A lot of actors are DJs too, so that's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, I took it to another level. I took it to where I wanted to be, not more corporate, but just I kind of wanted to be more in the industry side and not mm-hmm. 
be a nightclub guy because I can't put up with that shit. I, I can't be at a nightclub at three o'clock in the morning. Can't. I'm done. So can't, you can't, you're not that guy. Yeah, it's not me. It's not you. Yeah, no, it's not my me. DJs. My DJ days ended at the age of uh, sixteen when I was doing uh, recording music off uh, the radio with my tape player. I remember That's you. It. I remember <laughs> that you, was my you DJ would days. The song and then cut the commercial out yep. and then put the next day and you would put a little sample in the middle. <laughs> you know, just repeat it and you think you're. The I would best. try to do with my Memorex ninety minute tapes. For those for those people that don't know what a tape is. <laughs> That's for for my days. for my youngster for my younger audience out there, you know who you are exactly, a bro, tape. Bro. Please Google that. I know it's gonna be hard for you to fathom that, but yes, it's, tapes were in the house. It's a crazy generation that's going on now, man. But you know, like uh, it's just like everything. It's uh, it's it's you you do it for so long, and you see everything coming back in full mm-hmm. circle. You know, some styles. Uh, I, I've gotten through my good times and bad times as a DJ. You know, I've gotten through times where I've heard another DJ play and I hear a horn. And I want to slap the fuck out of him. That, that was in for a while, like right, dude, bro. I remember this DJ was trying out for me uh, one time, and he was, and I go, all right, show me what you got. He start playing and stuff, and the, he opens up with a with the horn. and I go, thanks very much. All right, cool, you're out, son. You're out, man. Wow, yeah, people auditioning. Yeah, to, well, to, well, I have guys that work because you guys, me. you guys, and for those that don't know, uh, DJ Cooch has other people under him that work for him for other gigs because mm-hmm. you know you're busy doing your own shows. Yeah, yeah. So you let the listeners know that you have. Well, what I did was like that's what I'm talking about taking it to another level. I didn't mm-hmm. want to just be that guy. Like I wanted to format other guys behind me, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I get to spin for really awesome places. You know, big companies. You know, you know where I yeah. you know, spin. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, a lot of Hollywood parties. And the fact is, too, to follow your career as a comedian, I'm traveling a lot, you know, so I got, I got to make sure that I got the right guys that kind of represent me. Right. You know? So so that's what I did. So yeah. Cool, cool. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we met in 2006. I fucking don't remember. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I remember well, we were, um, we, we went to go do a show in Yuma, Arizona. Yeah, we, Yuma. Yuma, yeah. it was me. Uh, we were just talking about the promoter today. You, uh, Gabe. Gabe Lopez. Gabe, Gabe's yeah. a great friend of mine. And, Really funny guy. Has one, one of the one of my best friends in the world. Man. One solid dude. For those who don't know who Gabe Lopez is, he has a great show that he does every single Friday night Las in Vegas. Vegas called the Dirty at twelve thirty at South Point Casino. It's yep, one of the yep. best shows in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, so I on the on that show. Check this out. Let me. I I, I have a good memory. It was me, you, uh, Gabe, uh, <laughs> Luis Villasenor, and we all we all uh, drove up to Yuma together. Carlos Loma was with us. And Carlos Loma, yeah, too. Carlos Loma. And Carlos Loma. So yeah. we all hung out, and it was just good times. And I remember getting along with you and Gabe better. No no offense to anybody else. Yeah. And, and uh, we've been friends, good friends ever Carlos since. Carlos was a raging alcoholic back then. <laughs> really? <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> all right. And that was 2006. So, And I was still living up, up in Northern Cali, but I was still driving out here to do shows. And I remember you guys treated me like a family. And I remember we met up, uh, I want to say, in, in Paris. We met. We all met up over there, and at I don't my know, house, at your house, house in Paris. when you lived yeah, in Paris, and that's house in Paris. and it was hotter than than the flames of hell out there. Malls, bro. It, it, was, was, <laughs> it was disgusting, man. It was disgusting. Yeah, and so, it's kind of weird that that the Inland Empire has a has a city name with such a beautiful name, but it's just so hot. It's yeah, just so like, hot. Paris like France? No, not <laughs> no, at it's all. nothing not like France. Yeah. It's like France's <laughs> armpit. Okay, yeah, it's exactly. just so hot, and I, I re- do remember. Uh, 
how hot it was because where i'm from it's hot too i mean I, i'm from modesto california central valley but it was just a different kind of heat no dude nobody told you to wait outside you could have gone inside <laughs> and had air conditioning bro like i didn't know you that well i was just like okay i'm gonna be cool <laughs> so okay so now you've been doing comedy uh like i said i met you in 2006 so you started out a little I, bit earlier than i that? started 2004 2004 okay okay so i started in 2004 and um that i started taking classes actually and just doing it and then from there like i took it serious i think like in 2000 Seven. I didn't know. You, yeah, I don't remember. I, you, I didn't know you took a class. You did. Yeah, I took that damn class with uh, <laughs> Gary Cannon and um, and uh, Johnny Dam, dude. They were doing a. What happened was, I got into comedy by accident. By that time, I was working at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. and I was the MC and DJ for them. And um, remember the Gibson? Do you remember the Gibson? The Gibson Theater. Yes, I yeah. I, I have some familiarity with that. Well, venue. do you remember yeah. Juan Gabriel? You know, Querida, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The day that Juan Gabriel got his star at the Walk of Fame, he mm-hmm. performed that mm-hmm. day in 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 uh, at Universal, and the band that was supposed to open up for uh, Juan Gabriel was mm-hmm. not there. Okay, they were stuck like in Santa Monica at the airport or some shit like that. So mm-hmm. basically, there was like fifteen twenty minutes, and I guess the radio station already had given away anything, and in the I took a date to. Um, to to the damn concert and because like I, I got all access so you know i'm like okay i'm trying to get laid you know i'm gonna do yeah. this go backstage <laughs> and literally dude i mean the gibson what fit five thousand six thousand people okay and um and i'm there and i walk backstage and uh cindy cindy this girl named cindy and Lori and uh Lori super they saw me and they're like oh man cool it's cool that you're here we need your help and i was like what's up they knew I was a good, like, kind of MC, kind of DJ, they did, mm. you know, and, and they're like, we need you to kind of go up there in front of the audience and just kind of hype them up. Like a hype man. Like yeah, a like a hype guy. mom. And mm-hmm. I go, what do you mean? well, you know, the radio station already gave away all the shirts and did all this. You know, the Juan Gabriel doesn't want to come out until a certain time. So we need you to fill in the middle. And I go, what do you want me to do? And they're like, we don't care. Just do whatever. And I, f- this is a real story, bro. No, no shit. Like, I'm like, you know, looking at my date going like same shit, different day. But honestly, I was fucking scared. Fucking right. 5,000 people there, you know? It's a lot of heads. <laughs> and they give me the microphone, bro. And uh, they give me my, uh, Juan Gabriel's microphone. They give me an in-ear, you know, for those mm-hmm. people who don't know what that is. It's like a little mic, a little headset that goes in your ear and you can't see it, you know? Okay. And I go out there and literally, dude, spotlight. And um, you remember Juan Gabriel, for those people who don't know who that is. He's like a Frank Sinatra but gay. <laughs> Right? <laughs> He's like a gay Frank Sinatra. Yes, he know? was. Rest in peace. So I go up there and I say, you know, he was a gay performer. And I, uh, my first joke I ever said, or first thing I ever said that I thought was funny is like, yo, where's all the women at? All in Spanish, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, where's all the men and women at? You know, and ah, where's all the men at? Ah, and I go, where's everybody else? You know, and everybody <laughs> started laughing. And I don't remember, man. All I remember is that they... I was talking and people were laughing and, you know, I, didn't, I don't even remember what I said. I just, I think I talked about people being conceived with Juan Gabriel music. Okay. About how their parents probably get horny whenever they're right, like, no, right. no, you know, or okay, whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, And then they tell me, dude, this is how green I was, dude. I was so nervous. They, in my in-ear, the production company goes, you know, whoever the producer the soundboard goes, hey, okay, uh, present Juan Gabriel. They tell me, you know, stop, basically stop. and start Stop and bring him up, yeah. And I, and... I'm not nobody's supposed to know that I have that in here and I go okay on the microphone bro (laughs) and then you can hear everybody out okay in front of 5,000 people people were like looking at me like why is he saying okay (laughs) you know what I mean and I fucking um, and I turn around dude and here comes Juan Gabriel dude and you know with the whole big old intro they told me to stand on this ex you know Mariachi Sol de Mexico comes out and and then, uh, uh, so that's your first time on that stage. Was my first time on so stage. So your your first time on stage is in, in front of five thousand people. I shit you working not. with true story. 
Juan Gabriel. Juan Gabriel. I mean, that's an amazing credit. That's awesome. So, so I start, you know, like I stand there and they go, present his microphone. How the fuck do you present a microphone, bro? Mm-hmm. So I just, like like a sword, I give him the microphone. <laughs> he gives me a kiss and I'm like, oh, shit, I just kissed Mexico. <laughs> and I fucking you kissed back- all the Juarez. Yeah, exactly, yeah. dude. I went backstage, dude, and uh, my date was all like, oh, my God, that was really fun. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, cool, cool. And I was like, literally, I still, you know, I was just hype. And then they gave me finally a pass, like an artist pass to go downstairs and get lunch and whatever. You know, they have like this big old badass fucking setup. And um, and this guy from Sony, me and, me and the girl were, were like serving themselves. And, and this guy goes, oh, you're the comedian. And I look at him and I go, sure, why not? You know, that's yeah. what I said. Sure, why not? He goes, dude, you were really entertaining. And I go, thanks, man. And the next day, dude, the next day I went on America Online. Bro, America Online. And I searched how to be a comedian. And the first thing that popped up was, um, and I Googled how to be a comedian. You Googled that uh, shit. Um, and the first thing that popped up was Ontario Improv Classes Sunday on that day. And I was like, oh shit, there's a class tomorrow. And that's not far from where you live. Yeah, at I live that in time. Paris, you know, yeah. so I called, you You know, Don Hefty, Hefty, right? Yeah, yeah. Hefty's the DJ. He's also a comedian now. I called Hefty and I go, hey man, what are you doing? He goes, nothing. I go, hey, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go to Ontario Improv. We're going to take these classes. Take these classes. He goes, what do you mean? And I go, yeah, man, it'll be the shit, dude. You and know I'm not that? a fan of that, by the way. I mean, that's yeah. okay that you did that, but that's not for me. <laughs> I don't I'll like tell that, you right that's now, okay. to me personally, mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Some people, that because, but when you're coming from my side where I had no clue or even fathom any idea of trying that's to be cool. a comedian. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know what's the structure, what do you need to do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of wanted to take a class. I didn't even know there was classes. I just, you know, where can I do comedy? Where can I practice comedy? Whatever. Right. And we went, and it was Johnny Dam and Gary Cannon. Gary Cannon, who's an amazing comedian. He's Gary Cannon's amazing. I know him. He's from Northern Cali like he's me. He's the warmer for and he, Conan. And he's been the warm-up for Conan for years, and yeah, he's a exactly. solid guy. So kudos to Gary Cannon, but I know when Gary Cannon first started, Bro, he wasn't taking classes. So that's great. It was that's, Gary that's great. And, and Johnny <laughs> Dam, dude, and um, and we went and literally like I just it was a six week course, bro. We mm-hmm. paid three hundred bucks. Okay. And uh, the the whole thing was at the end of the show, you get at the end of the classes, you get to perform at the improv, do five. Minutes that was a big set. deal, of course, yeah. of course. And um, and I just took it like serious, like I just had fun. And I remember like Gary Cannon would uh, Johnny Dam would tell me, give me the worst advice. Like, whenever I'd do a set or anything, he'd be like, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And Gary Cannon would pull me aside and be like, don't pay attention to it. Just fucking go up there and do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think, man, I after that, after I did the, I mean, we did the course and I just, I, I got addicted to it. It was addicting. It was really addicting, bro. And I mean, shit. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. Right? You, I mean, you, but, you, I see you just working like crazy and like what you see all over the right place. Now, out of that particular class, you know who came out of that class? Um. Yeah, who was your graduating class? Who was in your... Oh, bro, I'm telling you right now. It was um, it was like 10 people. Uh, Becky Buckwap from okay. The Flavor of Love. Wow, Becky. There's a name I haven't heard in a yeah. long time. But I feel she like... came out of that. You okay. Know, because of that. Yeah. This is a chick that just said, I want to be a comedian. She came out... Um, who? The girl from um, Knocked Up. The Asian girl. What's her name? Um... Uh, man. Oh, God. She, she plays all... She had the glasses, little Asian girl. Um, she's been in so many movies. She came out of that class. And then I came out of that class. Okay. Out of those, you know, I, I, I still think you're you're the funniest <laughs> out of them. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to compare. Let's see. Who but, do I want to book? Buck Wild. No, Becky no. Buck Wilder or DJ Cooch. I think do, I'll take DJ Cooch, please. She doesn't do comedy anymore, but still, like you know, it was um, 
it was it was I mean a lot of good people came out of that shit and to me personally like I just followed it like I, yeah. I just I didn't want to stop like Hefty came out of that class Hefty the no the, you know what's funny the, the Inland Empire has uh, has they have some talent but I mean honestly you, you when you think of the Inland Empire I, I mean you we don't want to talk about regional comedians because you're not a regional comic you're just a comedian but mm-hmm. I mean you you rep that area good and that's that's a good thing I think that's a great mm-hmm. thing you you came out of that area and it's funny uh, for the listeners out there not only did DJ Cook Cooch take that class at the Ontario Improv but he's gotten so good that his picture is at the Improv in Ontario so yeah I mean yeah wall. so he's yeah. part of the wall he's part of that part of that lure uh, and that's a lot of respect. One uh, of the one of the highest honors that you could get for as a comedian, mm-hmm. it's an acceptance actually, and especially at the improv because Bud Freeman has to approve it, mm-hmm. and uh, um, is like the being on the wall. And uh, yeah, they surprised me with that man. It's like, I, you know, it's a big honor, man. Till today, like I, 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 I'll be somewhere and and I'll get a comic that goes like, "Yo, dude, you, you know, like you're 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 him." And I'm no, like, that's, oh, huge. You know? that's huge. That's um, huge. I, I'm not on any wall because I I, I don't like my likeness. Yeah, hey, you're, 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 you're the dirty. You're the dirty. <laughs> no, I'm on some walls. I'm just playing. Yes, I'm I'm on some walls. I'm just kidding. Uh, but here's the thing: it's always an honor when when your your okay. name is somewhere or if your picture or your likeness. That's I mean I I've, I've been blessed to be. I think I'm, I think I'm on four four clubs. Four clubs. I, I don't need to name all of them, but that's always a huge honor because no matter what happens. You know, let's you know what. Let's just say something happens to any of us. You know, like if, your memory lives on. Your memory lives on. Your yeah, memory yeah, of yeah, your yeah. of whatever you've done on this earth kind of lives on. And that's what's cool yeah. about what we do. It's like we do, you know, in this business. You know, it's sometimes we get a little bit more rejection here and there. But as long as we try hard and we're funny, that's all that matters. No, this business sucks. Like, just be honest. <laughs> be honest. Be, be open, man. It's, it's, we're trying to be as cool as we can. But yes, no, it fucking sucks because dude, like. <laughs> I've always said that comedy is like a relationship. You wake up one day and you get in a fight with it. You wake up the next day, you want to apologize. You wake up the next day and you're like, dude, I can't wait to leave this bitch. You know, like, you know, it's just that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You, um, so to be accepted by your peers, you know, and actually means a that, lot. It, it really it means does mean more a- to you, dude. I, I'm not, I cried the day I went on. <laughs> I'm I sure you did. I, <laughs> I cried too. I was like, why is he on there and I'm yeah. not? I <laughs> what is wrong with me? No, I'm just kidding. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? No, no. Uh, it's cool because it's funny because we're, you know, DJ Cooch and I, we go way back. We're such good friends. Sometimes every, sometimes when I'm performing, for example, like in Las Vegas, and he's on the same wall as me, I'll take a picture and I'll always send it to you. Yeah, you do. You're always like, <laughs> you know, and it'll be like at one thirty in the morning. What's up? You know, I'm like, that's my friend. But in this business, we we. We just uh, we just do our best, man, to make people laugh. We have a gift, and and yes, comedy is like a relationship. We we have to treat her good. Yeah. And man, yeah, because in real life, relationships comedy. are just as hard and complicated. Comedy will come up to you and be like, "Hey, let's go to a movie." And then I'm like, "I'm tired." I'm like, "Oh," and then she won't talk to you for two months, and you'll have a shit. Like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, we ain't going to movies. Okay, well, you're gonna you'll see what your next show, bitch. Yeah. So now now that you've been now that you've been traveling. I mean, you are traveling like crazy right now. I mean, I look at I look at your posts. I see you're here. I see you're there. I mean, let everybody know now. You, okay, and I didn't think it. I mean, it, it's funny, you guys. I've never been one to be on cruise ships or anything like that. That's mm-hmm. never been my forte. But right now, 
I mean, it's kind of a cool, kind ideas. of a cool thing to be doing shows on a cruise ship, and and my boy DJ Cooch has been doing it. All, is it a year now that you've been doing it? Yeah, I'm about a year into it. So months, tell tell everybody months. like how how did that come about? And oh, dude, I mean, I, I, I it took a while. Mm-hmm. It took a while for me to get on it. Uh, my mentality was look, my mentality was uh, a lot of people fray. First of all, let's be honest, a mm-hmm. lot of people fray, and they don't they don't look. They look down at people that do cruise ships. Mm-hmm. Cruise ships. And what is what is what is the stereotype or stigma that people say when people that's when comedians where comics go to die? Okay, you know what I mean? and, I, and you guys, that doesn't mean like you guys get pushed off the boat. No, no, or no anything. this is what it means. <laughs> because look, I mean, in the hustler world mm-hmm. or in the in the comedians world, mm-hmm. this is what a comic goes through. All right, you get up in the morning, you try to go do a set, or you try to go do some spots, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where you're based out. If you're based out in L.A. It's really hard to perform, you know, because guess what? There's fucking all the top dogs are here. They could stop by anywhere. You could have a Seinfeld stop by, a Bill Burr stop by somewhere, and you might get bumped up. You you, you don't get paid buku money. You get twenty dollars, fifty dollars, fifteen dollars. You know what I mean? That's just how it works. You work when you're outside. When you're outside, unless you're an internet star or some fucking internet thing, yeah. Um, now it's no longer about being funny, and that's a fact. I mean, you could be the funniest cat out there, but, you know, and some people are, are lucky, but you, you're you supposed to be traveling and building your audience, building your audience, your platform, your platform. My mentality with the cruise ship. Or your like, brand. Yeah, your All brand. that good stuff. Uh-huh. My mentality with the cruise ship was I want to get on a cruise ship because, first of all, A, I want to know what it's like to perform for people that are from totally different areas. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're, yeah, you're performing here in the, in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You already know what you're going to be doing, the certain style you're going to be doing. And um, if you perform in the East Coast or in the Bay Area, you already know what you're doing. Here, get a new one, dude. <laughs> um, Manny doesn't know how to smoke a cigar. <laughs> you guys, this is my second cancer stick I'm smoking. It's been a minute. Please forgive me. There you go. I don't really smoke. All right, here you go. <laughs> lighting him up, He's lighting me up. Let's go. You just shaved your head, bro, and now all of a sudden you're, you're going to bring your eyebrows. Um, so... But what I'm saying is, like, my mentality for that was, like, if I could do a cruise ship mm-hmm. and I can entertain these people that go on cruises. I mean, it's, like, 2,000 people minimum there on these cruises. Okay. I'm performing for a broader audience. I'm performing for people from Texas, Alaska, mm-hmm. da, 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 wherever they're you from. name it. And you're learning to be funny in front of them. So I'm learning how to be a comic to perform for everybody. Now, break it down. Like, some some of these audiences you're doing, like you said, sometimes you were telling me you have to do, like, kids shows too, right? Yeah, you have to learn how to perform for them. And the, Like, what, what age bracket is that, like, for the kids? Bro, I've done shows where I have kids that's six years old, ten-year-old, mm-hmm. and there's, like, two rows of ten-year-old kids. And it's... And it, and the thing is, I'm not trying to be corny. Yeah. I'm not trying to be... What the fuck do you talk about when there's... When, I, when I there's just want yeah. stuff that's real for me. Like, I mean, but... I mean, I, I wouldn't know how to talk to you a... You know what I relate yeah. with the kids? First of all, I, I relate because I'm a DJ. I talk about music. Mm-hmm. And they, they connect. So you start busting out some Bruno Mars bullshit? I know, just whatever it is, you know. Like, I have... A, what was that joke that I was saying? But No, I love Bruno Mars, but I'm just saying, I mean, you know. No, oh, God. It's... I do, like... I just talk about comparisons, because I'm starting to get old as a DJ, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, what it was versus now, how mm-hmm. you can't understand so, stuff. So, and for those listeners out there, like, DJ Cooch, he, he has records, you guys. Records. Yeah. Like, crates of records. It still have records, man. You know, but, you know, the DJ's... To now are different. <laughs> this is you know different. What? It's a different vibe. It's a different energy. Um, but like I try, and that's the biggest challenge mm-hmm. that you get. 
is like if somebody offered you two thousand bucks right now, Manny, and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, you got to do this show, but for for five hundred kids." Are you going to take it? Are you going to take the challenge? Or are you going to be like, what the fuck am I going to do? That's that's a good question, so man. I mean, look. That one. Yeah, I mean, I love kids, but I just, you know. <laughs> so if you go on a cruise and I'm doing 10, mm-hmm. 50 shows, I will do, and this is this is a true fact. Mm-hmm. Within the next three weeks, I'm going to do 30 shows. Okay. I will be doing 30 shows in total with comedy clubs plus the cruise ships. Plus the cruise ships, like uh-huh. How much of training is that? You know what I mean? How much gym time is that? You know, it's a lot because of gym the, time. the fact that I'm, the fact is comedy is going to the gym. You want to be a comedian? It is. You you, you got to learn how to lift. You got to learn how to fucking do reps and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the challenge that I give myself is like, how do I make myself completely different than the guys that are doing it right now? Because there is comedians that that's all they do and i respect them god mm-hmm. bless them yeah. but at the same time it's like i don't want that i want to build my brand you want to be as versatile as you can be yeah and Which i want to be the yeah. guy that when those people are back mm-hmm. when those people come back to the united states out of their crews mm-hmm. and i'm performing in texas and, and they see that george monkey and dj mm-hmm. Kooch is performing in texas let's go see him i saw him on the cruise ship that's what's or up i saw him here i saw him there. well hell i remember last year we did it we did a show it was me you and and Paul Rodriguez went to go do a show. Yeah, and some people came to see you. And me some people from the cruise came to see, came to see like you. With 15 people. And that's what I'm saying, you guys. Like, if, if, if you have a voice, it can be heard not only on, on stages. It can be heard on a ship or whatever. And, and I'm proud of you for that, man. I think it's great. It's, it's something that maybe I'll venture into. Uh, not... It's something I'm looking forward to, but yeah, I wouldn't mind... Look, man, to me... Land, land air, whatever. To you me, know, whatever. All that stuff. At the end of the day, at Comedy's the end comedy. of the day, your job as a comedian, mm-hmm. your job as an entertainer is to perform. Mm-hmm. And whatever platform you have in front of you, you're going to do it. Because we've done the most shittiest gigs in the world. We've been performing with, with bad microphones. We had that one speaker connected with the wire <laughs> that was too short. We've gone through all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is what we trained for. And now that I got it, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to try to use it and, and work with it and, and create what, I, what I'm creating and leave my, my mark, you know, like what we were just talking about. So, so it's, it's a great platform for me, personally. That's how I feel. No, I mean, I, I, I concur. I concur with that. I, I, I don't see that what your statement is 100% seriously truth, like mm-hmm. to the eighth power. Now, that being said, you know, it's... You know, you're in your young forties. You're still, you still look great. I figured. I mean, what, what do you, where do you see yourself in less than, in less than five years? I, a lot of people like, a lot of people like to say five years. Like, what do you, what do you want to be doing in, in, in less than five years? I'm going to be performing no matter what. That's yeah, what, I mean, that's one, one thing we're always going to do is, is comedy. I'm talking about other than comedy. Move, what, what would you okay. else you like to do? I, I work with the mentality of what's next. Always mm-hmm. okay. So once I've achieved this thing, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this platform. All right, this is what I'm going to do here. Um, what's next? Okay, well, now I want to start doing more comedy club circuits. And that's the next thing I'm doing, which I'm doing now. Yeah. I'm starting to perform now, do weekends. After that, most definitely I want to start developing. I want to learn how to create, you know, already Content. started learning how to do pilots and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm learning the next thing. It's, it's, about, it's about reinventing yourself and recreating. If you stay stuck, you're not going to move forward, point blank. You're not going to move you're going to be stuck. You're going to be doing the same open mic that you came to. Or you're going to be hanging out at the same comedy club, which if they give you a spot, cool. If they don't, cool. Here's your 50 bucks. Like, what's next? What do you want to do with it? If you have it, what are you going to do with it? That's the question. 
You know? No, it's well, really, it's, it's it's so true. That's exactly it's what so I did true. with DJ. Yeah. Mm. I did the nightclub school. Mm. Hey, I wanted to be a bigger DJ. I wanted to do the raves. Okay, cool. I did. <laughs> you that. say raves? Yeah, nice, I, did. Man. I wanted nice. to get into the raves and all that stuff, and that's what I did. After that, it was like, okay, cool. You know, like we're doing now. You buy your first system. You start doing the the the, the sweet sixteens, the quinceañeras, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, but there's how about start doing corporate parties? How about start doing this? How about start doing that? get myself enough to hey what about the people that are doing the vip parties how do i get into that mm-hmm. and that's how i reformat it and just creating 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 now now i work with a company called aes and we no longer just do these little things we're doing big things big concerts you know what i mean and to know that i'm in the background some way shape or form it makes me fucking just well okay cool i could cross my arms and be like okay cool i did that so those are my my five years what do you see yourself probably the the correct answer to that question is like, what do you see yourself in five years? Progressing. That's it. Nice, man. I love it. I love it. That's I lo- it. I love I've always loved your work ethic. I love your strive. You've come along so much. And I remember I remember seeing you when you first started, I, was, I always thought you were funny, but now it's just like, okay. It's like, man, he's here. DJ Cooch is in effect. I mean, if you guys don't know who he is, you just need to follow him. So what now since since we're good friends and we're talking mm-hmm. what is one of the weirdest gigs you've done like maybe a, name, name me a couple you performed just, at a funeral you performed at a funeral no yeah, shit I performed at did a you funeral. kill him no no no, 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 no. <laughs> did you kill it i don't the guy the guy passed away the promoter passed away i remember at the funeral no no the promoter passed away unfortunately <laughs> years ago but he booked me and this other com- comic i think it was the beaker guy the guy um to perform at a not a it was a to me it's a funeral if the body's there it's a funeral you know well, definitely yeah it was the but it was the memorial party after okay and um apparently the guy was a big comedian fan whatever so the wife wanted to have this mentality of like look i want to have it like a party can you guys just come in yeah mm-hmm. and they wanted to and it, it felt like that at the beginning but the thing was that somebody's you know <laughs> somebody's, somebody's dead. dead there you know there's pictures of people there's people crying there's daughters crying you mm-hmm. know and stuff like that and we're walking in it's just that vibe and we walk in there and no lie dude we didn't have a microphone we had the podium <laughs> the, the podium, podium okay. for the you know for the wake you know okay. how you because yeah. how you do and and <laughs> i remember dude they were paying us a hundred a hundred bucks each and um and we were only supposed to do like 15 or 20. Feel the crowd. I remember the promoter going, just feel the audience. I'm like, I ain't oh, feeling wow. shit. What can't is wrong feel, with you? Yeah, you can't feel that audience. And I remember it's... that other comic goes up there and goes, yeah, guys, how's everything like this? You know, like, how's oh, everybody doing tonight? He, and, then, <laughs> and then he tells them, oh, my God, I've never had a stiff ovation. He points at <laughs> He at, points at the body. And it was nice. like, dude, and you could hear the audience just going like, or the, the, the people just going like, why the fuck is this happening? <laughs> it was so bad, bro. And, and and I remember he's all like, you're next. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going up there, dude. I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> and I literally go up there, dude. You know, all right, man, I'm going to bring my friend. Please put your hands together for DJ. First of all, how are you going to say DJ Cooch at a funeral? You know, like, give it up for DJ Cooch. And I go up there and I go, uh, and they're not, there's like three people applauding that's mm-hmm. it and i go up there and um i go my condolences to all you guys <laughs> that's all this is the first thing he said which is my condolences i go my condolences to all you guys man i appreciate that this man right here loved the comedy i wish he would so, have my shows you know so I, you went from first gig 
Juan Gabriel, 5,000 people. Yeah, that's that's to, one of my and, worst and then, things I've ever done. Wow, and then now, you know, you're getting your... Yeah, um, that's humbling. I think the second one, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, Chris uh, Chris Simpson. I owe Chris Simpson Wow, this Chris one. Simpson. Chris um, Simpson reference, everybody. He's a, he's a comedian. He's a, he's a good comic. Um, my first time I ever headlined on a Tuesday at Ontario Improv, and we packed up the house, and I did really good. And I was still doing dick and pussy jokes, but I, I packed it. And it <laughs> my first time I headlined, right? It was yeah. a Tuesday night. Good times. I did my show. Everybody was It was great. The next day, Chris Simpson had booked me to do one of his bars. He was doing like this old uh, bar. A bar gig. Yeah. And, and bar, gigs for, bar gigs for comedians are, are hit and miss, by, by oh, the way, dude, you guys. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. Dude. Sometimes you got to be competing with, with uh, the pool table or the darts. There's people playing. There's playing. People, that, people that are talking. That they don't give a rat's out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about comedy whatsoever. So, so I had just done, and I, I'm not going to lie, dude. Yeah. I got a little big-headed. Yeah. You know, after that. You feeling yourself? Like, you know, like, yo, man, you know. I'm okay, shit. I'll, go, I'll stop by and I'll do the gig. I showed up over there, dude. And um, <laughs> and I remember, man, the comics go up there. Nobody's paying attention. The TVs are on. People are yelling. Nobody cares. There's people playing pool tables, mm-hmm. you know, smoking and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and it's this little shrinked in corner shit, you know, and comics, ah, you hear some people laughing. And I get up, you know, Chris Simpson brings me up and this guy just, you know, sold out the improv. Blah, 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 this <laughs> Got that time. nice intro going. Uh-huh. I go up there, dude, and I eat the biggest dick in the world. Like, <laughs> like fucking, dude, it like balls were in my mouth. Like it was just. Now, you guys, well, as comedians, when we say eating dick, there, it's not like he's reading, yeah, that, eating a real it, penis it, or anything. It means he didn't have a good set. He didn't. Nobody was I laughing at his jokes. Set in the world, dude. Like it was like. It, I remember at one point I said a bit and I said no. <laughs> I asked the audience. You what, said that was, no. That wasn't yeah, good enough. Yeah, you know because it, I did the punchline, you know, and I was so used to everybody laughing, and I do the punchline, and I go no, because <laughs> they weren't happy, dude. They just wanted to fucking get the. They wanted me to get the fuck off. And I remember I I I like got off, dude. And Chris Simpson goes up on stage and he goes, well, <laughs> he goes. He had so the improv. <laughs> that, that was the that was the yeah, ending, goes, but, the, the he outro. Goes, he goes. He did sell the improv, up, but they were probably comp tickets. <laughs> wow, he said comp tickets. So it, it, was, it was the worst, bro. <laughs> it was the worst thing ever, man. But I, you know, until today, I, I I always say that that was one of the best gigs I ever had because it gave me a good reality check. It, it it I mean that's what's cool about this that about this game the the comedy game. It's you know, man. Sometimes you'll be doing you know. Uh, an audience full of two or three thousand people, and next thing you know, you're just doing a, a show of twenty or thirty. But the you know the 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 audience of twenty or thirty will show you sometimes a lot. Yeah, you know it'll just kind of put everything in perspective. Don't it's you think? Not, it's not even that twenty or thirty. It's just it could be five people. <laughs> it, the environment, like every show, the the hardest thing for a comedian is like every fucking show. And I and I pre, and I think every show, even bar gig, mm-hmm. corner speaking, doesn't whatever, matter. It doesn't matter. It's a show. Yeah. They're going to get the best of you, no matter yeah, what. And um, it's always a hit or miss. You, It's like playing dice. You never know what you're going to get. You're like, this might be the worst one. This might be the best one. You know what I mean? Right. There's a lot of sets that we do. And like, dude, that's my best set ever. And then the next three months you do it, I was like, oh, dude, that was a shit. 
And then there's sets that you're like, dude, what the fuck am I doing? You know, or why do you know why I need the material? It's not working out no more. You know? <laughs> so, okay, everybody knows that you're funny and you do all your thing. But what do you like to do on, on your spare time? Like, what are, what are your, do you have any hobbies? Do you have anything like that that you like to do? Now, um, partially now, I mean, one of my biggest hobbies was like, I want to travel. Now I get mm-hmm. to travel. So, um, Recently, I've been doing a lot of yoga and mm-hmm. spending time with my girl. I, I really, cool. you know, it's hard to hold a relationship when you're a comedian. So I try to spend <laughs> time with her uh-huh. and um, just hanging out with my friends. I love Disneyland. Me and Gabe love. Yeah, I, I just see, 20%. I see all the time posting stuff at Disneyland. And I already told Gabe I've, I've been lagging because Tuesdays are always hard for me. But I'm, I'm free up on Tuesday. I'm definitely gonna join you guys in the next yeah, you one. Gotta go, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. So, oh, so you enjoy you enjoy hanging out at Disneyland. I enjoy just spending, you know, spending it's time not with even good about Disney, it's just about spending time with your boys. That's good, man. That's good. Because the fact is, dude, you're traveling so much. You're out of town so much. Mm-hmm. We, I haven't seen you in how long? You know what I mean? We um, we, 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 we'll try to communicate here, text oh, here, and, here and there, but physically, I haven't seen you probably in about, I don't know, four months? Yeah, four or five months. That's I mean, a long time for us. Working together, <laughs> that's, but that's a long time for us. But yeah. that's what I'm saying is like, it's really hard to maintain a regular life mm-hmm. when you're doing this, you know? It's, it's not easy at all. No, but I, I thank you so much. So can you tell everybody where they could find you? To li- tell everybody your social media and all they that good stuff? You can find me at um, D- everything's, um, uh, everything's DJ Cooch. D-J-C-O-O-C-H. You can find out where I'm going to be at. My Instagram, my Twitter, uh, my Snapchat. my Everything is DJ Cooch. And I'm actually changing now the format because I'm starting to go by George mm-hmm. Malkin because we're doing bigger shows. Right. Uh, people are asking why, you know, why are you changing it? It's not that. It's just, you know... It's once again, it's reinventing yourself. Reinventing yourself, reinventing. Now, when are you going to be back here? Um, I know, I know, you're going to be gone on, on these cruise ships. So when are you going to be back in town so people could check you out? Hopefully, I'll be at the Ice House pretty soon. In a couple months, I'm actually working on a date with them. So, so you guys be on the lookout for that. Now, DJ Cooch is taking off tomorrow. I'm taking off tomorrow too. But I want everybody, please, have a great, great. Easter weekend. Well, you got to know stuff. what date is. So we are on a Friday night. <laughs> it is the 12th. Friday the 12th of it's April. A, so. But this episode is dropping on, on Monday. All right. Follow- so that's the- what I'm saying. They're like, dude, this is Monday. How are you doing this good weekend? You know, but listen. I'm just telling you guys right now because my my shows my episodes you try to I try to drop them on Mondays because so Manny cool. managing the Max Monday has a nice little ring to it. Nice. So here's the thing. I want you guys to please follow my friend. He's very funny, very likable too. He's, he's a good guy on and off stage. And just keep up the outstanding work, man. Thanks, we love you. Man. And, Thanks, and you know, I'm, this guy has me smoking goddamn stogies with him now. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. But I've known him for years. I vouch for him. And you guys have been awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to Manage to the Max. Thank you so much, DJ Cooch, for being awesome. on. See you soon, brother. Late. See you soon. Late.